This is Hindsight 2020. This one post-NFL Week 9. I gotta be honest. I mean, I feel pretty good, but it is not a happy day following Mike and I's, I believe, our fourth losing week in the Super Contest. Oh, it might only be our third losing week. There haven't been a lot of them. But this one, two and three yesterday, feels like the most self-inflicted as far as straying from the system. Here's the thing about betting systems. I learned this uh, living in bets. It's a book by Annie Duke, great poker player. And she talks about if you really want to examine any type of gambling system, whether it's your theories for playing cards, whether it's betting horses, whether it's betting sports, you've got to stick with the system. You have to have certain procedures and certain disciplines that you don't veer off of because if not, how do you ever get an honest depiction of any type of worthwhile sample so that you can evaluate and see what works and what doesn't work? What absolutely kills me and what killed me yesterday is I've preached and preached and preached certain trends, certain plays that we have to make or ones that we absolutely shouldn't make And it just seems like all that got thrown out the window yesterday. Let me give the specific example. I think the worst pick that's made it into our contest of the entire season, and that's the Carolina Panthers plus two and a half. Um, I have been going on and on ad nauseum about this trend where if you take winless teams... After week five, and you just play them against the spread until they win a game. And okay, that system did all right with Carolina. Frankly, they lost the first week, the game against Miami when they were 0-5, went to 0-6, had the bye, and then they come back. They're an underdog at home against Houston. We play them, we put them in the contest, we get a win. Now, part of my analysis is you auto-fade these teams the next week. Because what happens, you've been sitting there at O and whatever, you're wondering if you're ever going to win a game, and then you get that first one, that monkey off your back. We don't have to worry about a winless season. It won't be utter disaster. Teams go out and celebrate. They're fat and happy. The coaching staff comes in and says, good job, everybody. Everybody take Tuesday off. Something you haven't had all season because you've been losing. And what happens the next game? All of that motivation, all of that energy, all of that drive to get that first win, it's completely gone. And you saw it in Carolina. They looked like a flat team yesterday. Now, Indy wasn't much better of a team. They didn't really play a good game, but some kid in a Halloween costume named Bryce Young, who cannot make 
professional throws, at least outside the hash, as he throws two pick sixes to Kenny Moore. It was the entire difference in the game. And I'm sitting there looking at Frank Reich with this dumb look on his face and saying, was really our whole narrative in this one? Oh, Frank Reich revenge game. Well, from the team that fired him, why do you think they fired him? He's sitting there with a 1-6 record with Carolina. It just looks disastrous. It looks lousy. This was a bad pick because my system said at anything we should have played Indy, but it would have been easy to pass. I could have made this game a disqualifier. Mike had it as an ugly Betty. We agreed we liked the Raiders as our ugly Betty, so we put two in there. This game just did not belong. It was really disappointed. I was angry last night, and the worst part of it, too, just to add total insult to injury, I bet cash on the game as well. Unfortunately, you know, I've been running a little hot lately. I bet some games I shouldn't have bet. It just diminished the return. I had some really good winners this weekend, but then I had a bunch of trash that ate away at my profits because I mixed them in there. No business betting Carolina. The real tragedy was me betting it, but it makes its way into our contests, and Mike and I catch a loser. Um... I'm going to talk about the Washington game. This was the mistake of omission. Again, we have a system here. Mike and I are choosing games based on narrative categories. It takes out the aspect of two squares sitting there trying to handicap like professionals and, you know, grinding to put the best picks in. Now, look, that's how me and Mike bet. That's how we both treat our individual contests, but we made a deal in the beginning of the year that we were going to try this narrative approach, try these categories, and we were going to stick with it. We were going to run the system so we could see how it works, and I feel like what's happened is as we've had success in the contest, we look at that success and say, Oh, am I going to play these silly category games? I got this successful because we're both picking football so good. Yeah, maybe we are picking good, but we got this success playing the category system. So one thing we have to do when we go over the games at the end, we have to ask ourselves, which one of these games is the best fit from a category sense? Not the game we're both looking to bet the most. If we had stuck with categories, Washington was a textbook definition of a media blitz. One more note on this. I make it a very purposeful point. I never listen to RJ Bell's dream preview before we do our podcast. I suffer enough from imposter syndrome I don't want to be sitting here on the microphone hesitating to give my picks because I heard a similar pick on Dream Preview. Frankly, I won't I try not to listen to anything that picks that week's games until after we podcast. 
Now that's good because then I never have to worry about stealing anybody else's ideas. But it's bad when you have an idea like Washington. Mike and I are unsure if it's a good pick. And then when you listen to RJ Bell's podcast the next day, all four guys loved the pick. It was like one of the top picks in their contest. But most importantly, Mike and I put games in yesterday because we liked the games. And again, that's fine as far as handicapping, but we're supposed to be making this based on categories. Washington was an obvious media blitz. It fit the category to a T, and we omitted it because we were scared to put the pick in. If you play this thing scared, I guarantee you you're not going to win Huge mistake, because I believe that game would have gone in over Carolina. We'd be sitting here today at 3-2 and two instead of 2-3. and three. Really big procedural error on that. We talked about games we both liked. Boy, we were just dying to get the Miami Dolphins in. And even in the podcast, I said, are we really betting against the Chiefs? And the Chiefs are only laying a point and a half. In this case, we got two and a half. We got an earlier number. But you always have to ask yourselves, is the team I'm betting on, is this a good spot to be betting them? I think we felt good about Miami in that spot. Frankly, there was a lot, if you're a Miami fan, to like about that game. It looks like Vic Fangio's defense is coming together. I mean, had you told me Kansas City was only going to score 14 points offensively, I would have unloaded my bankroll on the Dolphins. Unfortunately, though, that Dolphins offense had a rough day, too many mistakes. They looked like the team that was a little disoriented, which it seems like there's always one in these big travel games overseas. You know, I don't mind we played a narrative angle on this one, but if we asked ourselves a question, is this the spot we're going to go up against the Chiefs? I mean, what are we trying to prove? We can choose between any game on the card, and I got no problem betting against the Chiefs, but I want to get something for it. I want to be getting some points. You know, the fact that we went against them when they were only laying a short number There was lots of ways we could have talked ourselves out of that one. I don't hate that pick so much. It didn't work out. But obviously, the point of hindsight 2020 is to sort of find ways you could have walked away. I was able to walk away from that game cash. I walked away from it in all individual aspects, and so did Mike. I think we were just dying to play it, so we stuck it in our contest. Probably not the best idea uh, just to get action somehow, but we did have some things we liked about the game. It just didn't work out. Just got to be careful when you're going against these big heavy hitters. Boy, you should really be getting some points to take with you, and we weren't getting them in that game. Um, The LA Rams, uh, look... We had the Rams against the Packers because both Mike and I had were sick of taking the Packers. We'd bet them two weeks in a row. They looked like obvious garbage. We did no research on this game whatsoever. We just saw Packers land three and a half. We watched them for the past two weeks tr- struggle to put any type of points on the board. And we just basically said, 
I don't care who's quarterbacking for the Rams. I can't do it with the Packers. No way we're going to have them. It was very square. It was very amateur. It was very just throw your hands up in the air and say, ah, whatever, let's just go with the Rams and hope we win a coin flip. It was really bad. It was about as square as you could be. You know, the thing I like about chain of custody is every week, you know you're going to be betting a team that you focused on their game from a betting perspective the week before. So you should really have a keen insight into the game. And the fact that we bet the Packers two weeks in a row, we should have had a really good insight into that game. Me, me and Mike did not do our due diligence. We did not delve into that game and try to find a reason that the Packers should be favored by the 3 3 and a half. The bookmakers know what they're doing. Maybe they were laying some sort of trap. We walked right into it. I don't mind so much losing the game, but the fact that that was decided the minute we saw Packers plus, minus three and a half, we're like, no way I'm taking the Packers, no way I'm laying it. I don't need to do any more homework. Just take the Rams and let's move on. That is not the type of grinding and the type of work that gets you to a winning percentage in this contest. Just a lazy, really crappy effort, frankly, by both of us on that game. Um, We absolutely have to do better in those chain of custody. It's the one game you know you're betting every week. You might as well do some really thorough work on both sides and both options to come up with the best play, and we didn't do that. All right, those were three losses. We had two wins. Mike was all over this Cleveland Browns game. I did not think Watson would play. He thought he would. We had the game at 8. It closed at 13. And by God, I guess it does happen from time to time. We captured closing line value and won. I mean, Mike predicted this. This was not so much about an offensive explosion from Cleveland, but a really good defense going against a team that struggles to score, is starting a rookie quarterback, and just traded a guy in Joshua Dobbs who was really making Arizona competitive. This is one of those great ones. Not only did we get the win, were we on the right side, but the handicap of how we would get home was spot on. All the credit in the world to Mike on that one. Cleveland Browns share a square. No sweat win. One of the the two we had yesterday, because talk about nailing the handicap. My ultimate decision, our ugly Betty, the Las Vegas Raiders, No Josh McDaniels, no Jimmy Garoppolo, no problem. I told you the Raiders would come with a passion that you hadn't seen all year. That idea that the problems are gone from the locker room. Josh McDaniels, who nobody liked. Jimmy G, who kept turning the ball over. They put Aiden O'Connell in there. He had a really good game. I, I mean, he wasn't great, but he managed the game. The Raiders ran the ball over 30 times. They were close to 50-50 on the time of possession, the things they need to do to win. 
And look, I know Daniel Jones got hurt in this game, and the great Danny DeVito had to come back in, but there was never a chance any any way possible. This was a key ugly Betty, because you might tell me you wanted nothing to do with the Raiders, but who was betting the Giants? I just don't see how anyone pulls the trigger on that one. Just a bad team and the absolute home run spot of the year for the Raiders. I don't know if I'll play another Raider game all year. I certainly doubt I'll bet it as heavy as I bet it yesterday. But it got me cash. It got us a contest win. It got me a contest win. It was a winner all over the board. And again, like the Cleveland game, not only did we have it correct uh, as far as the winner but handicapped it to a T. Vegas Raiders, congratulations to them and Coach Pierce on a great win yesterday. Two and three, we'll live with it. We got to do better. We are right around the 60% mark on the year, but we got to do better. It's the second half of the year coming up. We're in great position. I think we're going to be disciplined. We're going to grind. And we're going to be back on Thursday with the picks. Until then, good luck and happy betting.